Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Exodus chapter 18, sharing the burdens in God's work. That's going to be our message this morning, sharing the burdens in God's work. I saw a recent poll I thought was interesting. I don't believe every single poll that's out there, but I find some of them to be interesting. It said that about 7 in 10 adults, the poll itself had about 72%, so about 7 in 10 adults uh, say that most days they feel completely overwhelmed due to stress and circumstances. Uh, How many of you feel that way sometimes? You know, just overwhelmed by everything that's going on? Uh, Often I think it's due to having too much to do and not enough time to do it. That, that, that's what really overwhelms us. And uh, I believe Moses was at that point with God's work. He had a lot to do, as we'll talk about here this morning. And he was given some advice to help him get the work done. And this advice, as we'll see here this morning, I believe it was good. There's some who, who don't believe it was good advice because they say it wasn't directly from God. But let me give you two thoughts in this passage. The advice given to him, he was not told to do it because a person told him to do it. He was told to do it if God directed and so evidently, Moses did seek God. He did it, and nowhere do we find him being reprimanded or rebuked. And God did bless, is what we find God blessed as far as the nation and Moses' leadership. So this morning, let's look at Exodus chapter 18, and we'll look at this here, and I'll give you some thoughts. I hope that'll be a blessing to you. Uh, and as far as the application, the primary application is with Moses' work and leading God's people. But the application we're going to look at today is how Doing God's work, uh, we can apply this to work in church, but today we can also apply it to work as far as missions work and how we need to share the burdens to reach the lost. It's, it's something that we all need to work together as Christians to reach the world that's out there. And so let's look here at uh, Exodus chapter 18. It says here in verse 17, And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good, thou wilt surely wear away. Uh, both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. So I have three thoughts I want to share with you, and let me give them to you up front, and we'll go through them this morning. First one, we need to understand the limits that are there in our life, the limits that should be sensed. Uh, in other words, admitting that we are limited, uh, that we can't do all things, that we can't do everything, and that we need some help, and we need to work with others to get God's work done. The second thought is the loads which we have to share. Uh, what must be shared in the work to get the gospel out. And then finally, the lives that could be saved if we work together and we reach out uh, to this world. So let's start here first, as far as the limits which should be sensed. Let's look at this passage here. First one uh, I want to share with you is Moses was limited by time. Everyone is limited by time. okay? And Moses was no different than anybody else that has ever lived. He was limited by time. Uh, As far as leading the Israelites and leading the people, he only had one day at a time. And that day for Moses was 24 hours, just like it is for you and I. There are some days I would like to have more than 24 hours. Some days I'd like to get the day over and I try to go to bed earlier because I want to just get it done. But 24 hours is what we have, each of us. That's that's the same amount of time that Moses had. Uh, Have you ever wanted more time for something? Have you ever wanted the day to extend? Uh, 
maybe you wished you could extend the day. Now, God did extend the day one time for Joshua, but, but let me clarify, one time God has extended the day, and that's it. And you find that in the book of Joshua. So uh, don't count on that happening for us to get it done. Uh, it didn't happen for Moses. Uh, God didn't extend the day for him. And he had, the Bible tells us that he, from getting up in the morning till evening, that he was dealing with people and, and dealing with situations and judging the people. So we get the picture of Moses getting up, going to work, finishing the day and going to bed and getting up the next day, going to work, finishing the day, just in a cycle. And his father on looks and says, it's not good. You're wearing yourself down. You can't do all this by yourself. Uh, you're trying to do too much. What you're doing is good. It's just not going to happen by yourself. And so he gives them some advice here. Now, as far as time, uh, I think it's safe to say we're all limited, whether it's in the day or even our life. Right? I used to think I was going to live forever, even though I knew I wasn't. You know, when I was young, I thought I'm going to live forever. But the older I get, the, the more I realize, you know, that's not going to happen. My body's beginning to shut down here and there, having more problems and troubles. That's just life. And so we are limited by time. And that's something I think we need to understand. And being limited by time, we need help to get the work done because we can't do it all in the short time that we have. The second thought as far as his limitation, he was also limited by his talents, okay, his abilities. Uh, Moses had some talents and gifts. We do know the scriptures tell us that Moses was raised in Egypt and he had the education of Egypt. So Moses was an intelligent man. Now, that had been 40 years previous, so he wasn't maybe up to date on some of the things. But he had been raised in Egypt. He knew the ways of the world as far as intelligence and knowledge. He knew God, so he had some intelligence there. Uh, also, we find as far as his talents and gifts, he was, he was a good leader, even though he didn't think he was at first. He was a good leader. He had leadership skills. And he did an excellent job in leading the people. But he was limited in his skills and his abilities. That was part of his struggle. Exodus chapters 2 and 3 and 4, his struggle in following God. He just felt limited in what he could do. He didn't feel God that he was qualified to do the work. And in a sense, he was right. But what God taught him was, I'll go with you. And if I qualify you, then you're going to be okay. That's something to always take with you. If God wants you to do something, you can do it. Just go with him. Be faithful. And Moses went forward, but he was limited in his abilities and all that he could do. So the thought here is, yes, with God, you can do all things. I, I do believe that. Philippians 4.13. But let's not take that out of context. Okay, He's not talking about jumping buildings and being superheroes. He's talking about, one, enduring. That, that's what Philippians 4 is talking about, is enduring, being content, and doing the work that God has for you. Philippians 4.13 in context is not talking about worldly things. It's talking about your relationship relationship with God, enduring and doing the work God has for you. Paul was writing that from prison, by the way. He wasn't writing that from, you know, his mansion on a hilltop. He's writing that from prison, saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In other words, I can endure this. I can do the work God has for me right here, right now, no matter the circumstances. You can do that too, where you are. God will give you that strength. So I believe God can give us that strength. But here's something to consider. There's only been one perfect person ever walked this earth. That's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He's the one who had all talents, all gifts, and all abilities. The rest of us are limited in our abilities, our talents, and our gifts. Now, I am under the belief that everyone has a talent, at least one, probably a lot more. If you would sit down and think of the, the gifts you have, everyone's got talents and gifts. Some of those are what I'd call natural gifts, natural abilities. Uh, there are some people that have musical abilities. It's just something that comes natural. 
They, they can sing. I'm not one of those. I can tell you that right now. That's why you don't see me singing specials. Uh, I don't have that, that gift. But some people do. Then there's a lot of other gifts. You know, there's some people that have the gifts. I've seen some people with numbers. I mean, you just, they, they can look at something with numbers. And, it, and to them, it just makes sense. And then others can look at those same numbers and say, I don't see what you're seeing. I just see a bunch of numbers. You see, people have different gifts and abilities. There are also what I call, what I, I guess, acquired gifts that God may allow you to have. You know, as you, as we live, we can get some experiences. Uh, God may allow you to receive an education. And those are some gifts and talents that God may give you, some strengths that He may allow you to acquire. And so I believe we all have these gifts and talents, but we're also all limited on what we have. Nobody knows everything, and nobody has every gift. I'm going to ask a question here this morning, and uh, you can raise your hand if you like. How many of you can speak one language? I struggle with English, but I'm good with it, I think, most of the time. How many can speak two languages? Anyone here can speak two languages? Amen. That's a blessing. That's a gift. How about three? Anyone go to three? Praise the Lord. At four. Okay. Did you know there are 7,117 known languages today in our world? You know, someone who's here and knew all those, I'd be here a while. Three, four, five, we'd be going for a while. Nobody knows all those languages. That's a lot of languages. So what we find, if we're going to do the work that God has for us, and we've got to take the gospel to the world, we're going to have to work with people who either know some languages, or can learn some languages, or are willing to learn languages, so they can go to these fields where the people need Jesus Christ. See, that, that's the application here. You see, Moses was doing his work. But he was limited in his work. And his father-in-law was saying, hey, you need some help to get this done. Well, you know, as a church today, as Christians today, to reach the world, which I want to, I'll pray, I pray we can reach as many souls as we can. Well, part of that is working with missionaries and supporting them as they go to fields that we can't either get into or fields where they have the ability to get into because of language and other gifts and talents that God has blessed them with. You see, that's where we can work with others. So nobody has all the talents. Nobody has all the talents. And to reach the world by ourselves is impossible. Well, God's made it that way. He wants us to work together. So it appears in this passage here that Moses was trying to do too much and was just wearing out. You know, as a church, we could do the same thing. Now, I think we should take the gospel out. We'll talk more about that here in a minute, our responsibility here. But, you know, if we tried just to reach the world all by ourselves, say we're just going to do it by ourselves, it's just not going to get done. We need to get involved with others, whether it's other churches that are of sound faith, other Christians, uh, missionaries is our, our primary application this morning, what we're looking at, and get involved with giving to missionaries to enable them to go to the fields that they're called to. Here's a second thought in this chapter here. Uh, the loads which must be shared. Okay, uh, Here's what we find in this passage. Let's go back to verse 17. It says, And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. What's he doing that's not good? It says in verse 13, It came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from morning unto the evening. So his father-in-law says, That's not good. You know, it's not good for you. And notice he's not, he's not questioning the work. And he's not challenging the decisions Moses made. In other words, he's not saying you made some poor decisions. Or He's talking about Moses being out there all day and just doing that nonstop. He said, it's not good for you to do this. And then notice what he says in verse 18. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. I find it interesting that he says, not only are you going to wear away, but the people will too. Okay, It's not only you, Moses, that are going to begin to struggle, but the people you're trying to lead are going to struggle in this. 
because this is a big chore here. So let's start first on the size of the task. Okay, the loads that must be shared. Let's talk first about how big this task was. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Exodus chapter 12. Let me point this out to you. Exodus chapter 12. And we find here in verse 37, this is when they're leaving Egypt. Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. It says, And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men, besides children, and a mixed multitude went up also with them in flocks and herds and very much cattle. You know, we also find some uh, what we call... Uh, population uh, given in later in Exodus and even in the book of Numbers. Uh, the estimated number of people, it's anywhere from one to two million people is what they estimate coming out of Egypt. One to two million Israelites leaving. Uh, folks, that's a lot of people, is it not, to lead? And, and so get this, one to two million people, even if you go on the low end, even if we just say one million, he's got one million people that he's sitting trying to help with all their decisions from morning to evening is what he's doing here. And so you have a big group of people and really that's impossible to do. Now think about that. One million to two million people. I know of no person today, nobody, nobody today that does that. Political leader, military leader, government leader by themselves. There's nobody, not even pastors. You know, some of these large churches, they're not one million but if you have these large churches today, you'll also find assistant pastors, deacons involved. Do you see what I'm saying? What it is, is you don't find one person leading this many people and making those decisions. That's what Moses was trying to do. To his credit, I think he's just trying to do God's work. And these, these things, this is the way it got to be done. And it's something that no wonder he's wearing down. Look at the size of the tasks that he's trying to accomplish. Now think about our task this morning, okay? You know, Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20 talks about the Great Commission. Let's go look at that. I want to show you the Great Commission here. This is our commission. This is what God, or Jesus Christ, God gave to the apostles, to the first church before he ascended into heaven. You'll find it in the other Gospels and also the book of Acts chapter 20, or 1, excuse me, Acts chapter 1. But let's look at Matthew 28. And verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So we have Christ given this commission, saying, You need to take the gospel out. Notice he says, Go ye therefore teach all nations. You've got to teach them first. They've got to know truth before they can make a decision to accept Christ. Teach them. Then baptize them. After they're saved, after they receive Christ, you baptize them. And then the, the, the discipling. And by the way, I'm under the belief, you know, when you read the, the New Testament, you don't find the word Christian coming in until later. Okay? What you find is disciples. Once someone's saved, you're a disciple. They're, they're, it's not that you get saved and say later, I want to be a disciple. No, you're already a disciple. A disciple's a learner. Each and every Christian should be a disciple. We should all be learning of Christ and learning from, from others and, and growing in the Lord. And here he says, go out and then, and then teach him to observe all things. In other words, a disciple and show him my ways. So that's the task given to the church. Now, I don't know the population back then, but I, I did a little research and found out the population today, at least as close as we can get. Uh, on July 16th, 2023, uh, the world's population estimated, estimated a little over 8 billion people. 8 billion souls. That's one of those numbers that's hard to grasp. You know, you can say it, 8 billion, but it's just hard to really think that number through. That's a lot of people. 
That's a lot of souls. Well, let's just come back to our, our country. There are 335 million people uh, estimated in the United States of America. So that's a lot of souls that are out there. And, and when you think about those numbers, those numbers can be overwhelming. You know, as a church, I think we should take this commission seriously. It's our job to take the gospel to all these. Now, it's not our job to save them. God saves them. But it's our job to share with them the way of salvation so they could know about Christ. That should be a burden for our church, that we need to do this. This is an urgency here, too, by the way, because every day people are going into eternity. So there's a sense of urgency that we should take the gospel out and and share it with others so they can receive Christ or make a decision and believe on Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so when you think about how large this task is, it's a big task, but it's an important task. You know, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, uh, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his own soul? You know, your soul is your most valuable possession. Your most valuable possession. And if you would gain the whole world but lose your soul, you would, you would lose your most valuable possession. Uh, likewise, if you would gain your soul, in other words, be saved, even if you didn't gain anything else in the world, you're, you're good. Your most valuable possession is taken care of. And that's your soul. So how can your soul be saved? We want to make sure we don't lose our soul and, and that we're lost in this world today. Now let's go to the book of Romans. Let me just show you this morning what we find in the book of Romans on salvation. Romans chapter 10. Because this here is the message that we're to take out. This here is the message that we want our missionaries to take out. And we support them as they go out with this message. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is a wonderful passage here. This is salvation here described. But verse 9 talks about confession with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus. In other words, uh, we confess him, right? who he is. We believe who he is. His claims as being the Son of God, not just a good man. And then he goes on to say here, as far as next shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, uh, someone being raised from the dead is indication of deity. That was, by the way, that was the claim Christ made while he was on earth, that he was God's Son. He was God's son. And they often, when I say they, some of the Pharisees and others that opposed him, they wanted a sign. He told them this would be the sign. The sign would be his resurrection. That would be the sign. And that's what we believe in, that Christ is risen from the dead. You know, every man and woman has died up to this point, well, till today. Only one has come back out of the grave, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, Lazarus came out for a little bit, but he went back to the grave. Christ is the only one that's come out. And has power to live. You see, that's what separates him from everybody else. And that's what we must believe. That's what salvation is. You see, salvation is not adding Jesus Christ to all your other gods or other idols. It's believing him as the Son of God, who he is, and receiving him into your heart. And then, and then it says believe, receive. You know, that's, that's where the faith comes in. It's more than just knowledge. You, you can have knowledge of Christ. You can know the Bible. Uh, yet you can... Not believe. You cannot receive Him in your heart. That's what salvation is. It's not a work. It's not something you have to do as far as to claim. You just receive Christ into your heart as your Savior, and you shall be saved. And that's a message we're to proclaim to all. hope everyone here has received Christ as your Savior. That's the most important thing. As far as the size of the task, 
You know, we have a large world we have to reach. How, how about sharing the task? Let me talk to you about sharing the task as far as the loads, which must be shared. So we see the size is large. How about sharing? How, how do we share this? You know, the idea given to Moses, notice here, let's go back to our passage. The idea for Moses was to get others involved. It says here, in verse 19, Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. Thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people, able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, place them such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So he says here, he says, here's how you take care of this, Moses. What you need to do is first teach the people. Okay, teach them the ways. And then what you need to do is you need to find capable and qualified men that can you can put in positions to help you judge these matters. And if needed, Moses, then you step in. Also, Moses was to continue going to God for the people. See, he was not to neglect his responsibility. He was just to get others involved and let others get part of the work. You know, this is a wonderful passage on church work, by the way. You know, I think a healthy church is a church where all members are involved in something with their talents and gifts and their abilities. And I hope and pray as a church as we grow that you can find a place where you can work here. You can use your talents, you use your gifts. And when that happens, God blesses because God works through each of us and God will work through us together. And no pastor can do the whole job. No pastor can do everything. And so Moses was to, to set, divide this work up. Well, as far as our thought here this morning on missions there's three things you can do for missions this morning the first one I think is probably the most obvious you can go you can go you can go to a foreign field and you can be a missionary but not everyone's called all right and I don't think you should go as a missionary unless God's called you as a missionary so not everyone's called so you may say well pastor I'm not called what can I do well you can pray for missionaries you know, Paul often asked for prayer. He said, pray for us. First Thessalonians 2, or excuse me, 2 Thessalonians 2, he talks about prayer, asking for prayer. So we can pray for missionaries, but thirdly, we can also give so that missionaries can go. Uh, let me show you a passage here in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, this is the chapter where we find uh, Paul saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But notice, we'll look at verses 15 and 17 here, Philippians chapter 4. And I'll show you a, a passage here that references what we would call support of a missionary. Philippians chapter 4. And it says here in verse 15, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel. Now that phrase there, he's not referring to when Christ began to preach. He's talking about his ministry, spreading the gospel. When beginning of the gospel, he says here, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So he's writing here. Notice he doesn't, he's not, how do you say, he's not going against any other church. He's not putting down churches for not supporting him. He's encouraging this church that did support him. He says, you, you are the ones who supported me. And he goes, not that I wanted Money, as far as looking for money so I can have a better living out there so that I can have fruit that can abound to your account. Now, think about that for a moment. He's saying, I'm grateful you sent this money because the work that was done is part of, you have a part in it now because you supported me as I went forward. Now, you begin to think about that. I don't think, we'll, we won't know 
as a church, maybe as individuals, you give to missions, you're not going to know how much God used what you did to bring souls to Him. I don't know if God's going to share that when we get to heaven. Maybe. You know, I've heard stories people talk about when we get to heaven. Someone may come and say, you know, I've heard songs, you know, they come and say, well, you know, I'm saved here today because you decided to give. And that, that could be true. We may find that in heaven. And if that's the case, wouldn't that be wonderful? We get to heaven and we meet people who are saved because of a missionary we supported. Well, we do read of, when you get the missionary letters, we do read of, of works being done and people being saved. You see, that's fruit that abounds to our account. If a missionary can't go over there, those souls can't be saved, but when we help them go over there, that's work being done. And that's how we, we share the load. We were able to help send missionaries so they can go do the work God had for them. You know, the late William Carey, he was a, a Baptist missionary. Uh, some call him the, the father of modern missions as far as churches working together to send missionaries out. But before he went, here's the way he described it. He said this. He described it as being let, let down into a pit, a deep pit. And he told a pastor friend, here's how he put it. He said, he said, I'm willing to go down into this pit, you know, go into the mission field. He said, if you're willing to hold the ropes. Now think about that. That's, that's what we do here as a church. Missionaries are willing to go. Uh, I met this past year at a conference I went to. I met missionaries going to Turkey. A missionary that's praying about getting into Iran in and out. Folks, those are difficult areas. I can just tell you that. Those are missionaries that need some support. They need some help. You know, those souls over there are important just as much as a soul here. They're souls. And those missionaries are going to these fields. Now, there's a lot of fields out there that are difficult and dangerous. And not, not all of them are difficult and dangerous, but missionaries need help getting there. And that's where we hold the ropes. We support them with our faithful prayers and even encouragement and even through our giving so that they can have a living there and they can do the work God's called them to. Let's get to our last point here this morning, and that's the lives which could be saved. This is the reason why we support missions, because there are lost souls out there that need to hear the gospel. I have a few thoughts here. Notice the obedience of Moses. Uh, God directed Moses to lead the people, and he was. He was leading the people. Uh, and God directed him, really, to a, a difficult task. It was hard. But he didn't quit on it. He, he did what he could. You know, God has directed us to take the gospel out. We read Matthew 28, 18, verse 2, and 20. You know, I don't think sharing the gospel or being a witness, I don't think that's an option for Christians. I don't think we need to pray about that. We don't need to say, God, should I be a witness? No, God's already said, be a witness. Take my gospel out there. Just like someone told you, you need to tell someone else. And so we don't need to pray about being a witness. Now, we might need to pray for wisdom and how to do it. Pray for boldness, because there are going to be times we might be a little bit fearful. So we pray for wisdom, we pray for boldness, pray for opportunity. But folks, we obey. We look for opportunity to take the gospel out. And as far as missions, I think that's an opportunity that we have. So we have what we call obedience, just being faithful. Moses was faithful. How about obligation? You know, Moses was expected to lead the people correctly. That's what he's doing. He's trying to help in their matters. They have these issues. He's trying to help. And so he, he's expected to make some correct decisions he's out of obligation. He's helping people. You know, I think it, even if obedience doesn't get us going, obligation should. What I mean by that is if you can help someone out, don't you feel obligated to do so? If you saw someone in trouble on the side of the road today after you're leaving church and you could help them, don't you feel you probably obligated? I'm going to go help you out. I'm going to help that person out. They, they need some help. And you help them out. Well, spiritually speaking, there are some people that are heading for hell. 
a lot of them, maybe family members, maybe friends, maybe strangers you run into, we know the truth. We know what they need. And, and if nothing else, we should be obligated to say, I'm going I'm to help you with this. Here's the answer. It's Jesus Christ. And so we take the gospel out. And here's opportunity. Here, Moses here had an opportunity now uh, basically to take his burdens, spread them out, so more work could be done. That's the opportunity he had. And if you notice, Moses took advantage of that. At the very end of uh, chapter 18, we find here, it says in verse 24, So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel, made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard cases they brought unto Moses. But every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and they went his way uh, into his own land. But Moses followed this or took advantage of this opportunity. He got people involved, he shared the burden, and he continued the work. Now, let me just share this with you. If you'll notice, Moses didn't exempt himself from the work. All right? I want to make that clear. As, as we give to missions, that's not our way of saying, well, I've given to missions, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be a witness. No. Missions is an opportunity we can get involved in sharing the gospel overseas, but we still have a responsibility here to share the gospel. You know, this area around us, where you live, around the church, this is a mission field. There are souls out there without Christ, and we have a responsibility here to share the gospel. And so Moses didn't neglect his responsibility. He continued to go to God for the people, and the difficult matters he took to God, and, and he made some decisions on. So giving to missions really is just a way for us to get more involved in taking the gospel out. But we should take the gospel out right here where we are. And I think as Christians here at Central Baptist Church, let's pray for opportunities. And let's just share the gospel in any way we can. I'm going to just give you one illustration. There's a lot of illustrations out there. I'll give you one that hopefully encourage you on sharing tracks. You know, we have back in that hallway, we've got tracks out there. All, all different sorts. Grab them. We got postcards. Grab them. I encourage, if you clean those out, we'll fill them back up. Okay? Take them and just share them with as many people as you can when you get opportunity. Uh, the late Jay Sidlow Baxter, he was a, a pastor, a author for many years, wrote many books. Uh, he had a great sense of humor, and they said he would use that in preaching and just a, a man who God blessed. Well, he used to talk about his mother. And he loved his mom. His mom raised him after the Lord. And he said his mom would hand out tracts nonstop. That's just what she would do. She would take, she'd grab a, a pile of tracts. She'd put them in her, in her bags or in her pockets. And throughout the day, she would just hand out tracts nonstop. Well, he told the story once. He said he went with his mom. He said he was a young child. And he said he remembers this. He said this taught him the importance of just sharing the gospel. He went with his mom and he said his mom grabbed a bunch of tracts like she always had. And uh, in the process, she dropped them. So she, they just kind of jumbled all over. Well, she was in a hurry, so she just picked them all up, put them in her bag, and just them two kept on going. And as they were going down the street and they were doing shopping, uh, there were some homes over there, and she, she said, let's go over here. I just want to invite some people to church and just give a track. So she would just go knock on doors. The door would answer. She'd give a track. If she got opportunity, she'd talk about salvation to whoever came. If not, she'd just give him a track and then just go to the next door. So she went to this house, knocked on the door, and she could hear moving inside. Uh, this is several years back. You're talking early 1900s. And in England, and she heard moving inside and knocked again. And he said he was ready to go, but his mom said, let me knock one more time. Knocked one more time, and the door opened. And the man who answered the door was down on the ground because he had no legs. 
And Jay said, though, Baxter said as a child, he said, that's the first thing I saw. He says, this man on the ground, and the man looks up and says, what do you want? And he said, my mom just grabbed, fumbled through her tracks, just grabbed one and said, here, and gave it to him. He said, the man looked at it, and he said, stared at the track for a minute. And then he looked at, he said, he looked at my mom and said, did you pick this track out for me? And she said, no, I believe God did that. And he flipped it around and the track said, no leg to stand upon. He said, my mom probably would have never given that track to him. But because of what happened, the track landed in his hands. He listened to salvation message. Didn't get saved that day, but he went to church with them. And in about a month's time, he came to Christ as his Savior. You see, all it was was her just giving out a tract. And it's interesting because that day she didn't even get to pick the one she wanted to give. The one she probably wanted to give, she wouldn't have gave. But God works through that. You see, I want to encourage each of you to look for opportunities today, tomorrow, this week, where you can, even if it's just giving a tract to someone, you just never know how God's going to work through that. Uh, as far as sharing the work, there's a big work out there. Uh, we can all get involved. There's something for everyone to do. Pray. Uh, be a missionary yourself. If you want to get involved in missions, God's working your heart, you can give involved in missions here. But let's see what we can do to reach the world, and let's ask God to work through us. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.